The question goes to you first, sir. Two minutes uninterrupted. Good luck. 200,000 dead. As you said, over 7 million infected in the United States. We, in fact, have 5%, 4% of the world's population, 20% of the deaths. 40,000 people a day are contracting COVID. In addition to that, about between 750 and 1,000 people a day are dying. When he was presented with that number, he said it is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. Vote now. Make sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because, would you that because question? the question you is, a lot of the new question Supreme is, Justice, the radical question, left. Would you shut up, man? Listen? With you, you get the, wait a minute, you get the final word. Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. I, sir, with a billion sir, dollars, if you that is if absolutely you know what, you're wait, not stop. true. You're doing it. You're going to have tape. true. Gentlemen, is, <laughs> I hate to raise my voice, but I see it seems to be, why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. That was the worst debate I have ever seen. In fact, it wasn't even a debate. It was a disgrace. The American people lost tonight. What he planned, he still hasn't even acknowledged that he knew this was happening, knew how dangerous it was going to be back in February, and he didn't even tell you. He's on record as saying it. He panicked or he just looked at the stock market, one of the two, because guess what? A lot of people died, and a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President? Did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't <laughs> go to so. Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years, you've done well, nothing. Listen. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, 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 what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white supremacists. White supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his no. an idea. FBI. His okay. FBI director said. The point is that. That's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to calm things down. Instead of going in and talking to people and saying, let's get everybody together, figure out how to deal with this. What's he do? He just pours gasoline in the fire constantly. I know that you pay a lot of other taxes, but I'm asking you the specific question. Is it true that you pay $750 in federal income taxes each of those two years. I paid millions of dollars in taxes, millions of dollars of income tax. And let me just tell you, there was a story in one of the papers. You know I, paid, your tax I paid $38 million one year. I paid $27 million Show us your tax returns. I went, uh, you'll see it as soon as it's finished. You'll see it. I don't want to pay tax. Be before I came here, 
I was a private developer. I was a private business people. Like every other private person, unless they're stupid, they go through the laws, and that's what it is. He passed a tax bill that gave us all these privileges for depreciation and for uh, tax credits. He says he's smart because he can take advantage of the tax code. And he does take advantage of the tax code. That's why I'm going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. And we're going to I'm going to eliminate those tax okay. cuts and make sure that we invest in the people who, in fact, need the help. People out there need help. But why did you do it over 20, uh, the no, last no, 25 no, years? No, because you are because you are president screwing no, no, things no. up. November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months. Are you counting on the Supreme Court, including a Justice Barrett, to settle any dispute? Yeah, I, th I think I'm counting on them to look at the ballots, definitely. I don't think we'll, I hope we don't need them. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm during this extended period, not to engage in any civil unrest? And will you pledge tonight that you will not declare victory until the election has been independently certified? I hope it's going to be a fair election. If it's a fair You're election, I am 100% on board. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. The fact is, I will accept it, and he will too. You know why? Because once the winner is declared after all the, all the ballots are counted, all the votes are counted, that'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. And if it's me, in fact, fine. If it's, if it's not me, I'll support the outcome. And I'll be a president not just for the... Democrats. I'll be a president for Democrats and Republicans. And this guy, I want to see fact, an honest I, ballot count. Gentlemen, we, you say that's the end of it. This is the I end of this debate. Honest ballot count. We're going to leave it there. Too. Thank you. Hi there. My name is Pete. This is Social Distancer. Welcome to uh, all of you, wherever you are in the world. And we have listeners in uh, basically every continent apart from... Is Antarctica? No, it's not a continent, is it? No. Anyway, I'm over that. Right, so that was weird, wasn't it? The old Biden-Trump affair. I've heard it described as lots of different things. A catastrophe, a hot mess in a uh, burning um, truck in the back of... Uh, you know, fire, sale, <laughs> just, um, you know, people are trying to outdo themselves to describe the car crash, which is a you know typical way that you describe bad interviews, um, of a debate last night. It wasn't a debate. It was what we kind of expected. There was always that question mark. And, um, you know, I talked about it in the preview show on Monday about what would happen, how it would be. Well, um, John Meacham, the presidential historian, came up with a very good uh, kind of way of thinking about this. He described it as elemental Trump. And I think he's really onto something there. This was him uh, fighting for his uh, kind of political life and also probably his life outside of prison in the only way that he knows how, which is to go full aggression. Um, it was extraordinary. It wasn't easy to watch. And uh, you probably know this, all of the people that listen to this in the States, but it really does not look good. It does not look good at all for the United States. I mean, for one thing, 
you know, fucking Biden, who's the guy that we're all, you know, hoping wins, he looks so old, like properly old. And he didn't have a great, uh, he wasn't a brilliant debater, yeah? He wasn't fantastic orator, but he was better than the other guy. Of course he was better than the other guy, because the other guy was just, like, fucking wild. I mean, absolutely batshit insane. And I just don't work, I can't work out the kind of politics around it. I just think it's a kind of full, full-on kind of, you know, grasping at anything that he thinks might get him through. People are thinking, is it, is there some kind of logic to acting like that for 90 minutes? Well, maybe he's just trying to kind of sow seeds of chaos and enough people think, ah, fuck it, like I just don't want anything to do with it. And some of the uh, kind of press following it, not most of it, but some of it does like just describes it as like a shit show. Somebody on CNN described it as a shit show. And, you know, this idea that, you know, it was just like, you know, two people fighting and even the moderator couldn't like was fucking shouting, you know. <laughs> but that really doesn't get to the uh, the arc or the narrative, if you like, or the shape of the of the night. The shape of the night is that after probably about ten minutes or so, by it, it clicked with Trump that he had to go full on, right? And until then, he was kind of. I mean, you know, obviously, what you the way he was saying it and what he was saying was you know, fucking stank, you know, but he wasn't interrupting, basically. And 10 minutes later, into the thing, he started interrupting and he didn't stop. I mean, it was unbelievable, you know, and I think he just, I don't know, but the, the, the one of the theories there is that he thought, I'm just going to fucking crash this thing, you know. If I'm, I'm not going to win on the basis of like an exchange of ideas yes. so I'm just going to fucking crash it and the way I'm going to crash it is I'm just going to talk all over and just like you know slag off in the most basic and base terms possible so on the other side Biden right Biden called the president of the United States a clown twice called him racist called him a liar and said to him will you shut up man and you're the worst president in the history of the United States. <laughs> and that's the guy that came off best. You know? I mean, so it really does not look good for the United States, a place that I fucking love like so much. And I'm really into, you know, presidential politics. But it it is a kind of, you know, it's, it's set aside from the norms. And everyone's like, you know, oh, what about the norms? The norms don't fucking exist. Like, he's a total rule breaker. There's no point. Old, um, you know, I do, I'm a bit sympathetic because everyone's having a go at Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace was literally shouting at the president. I mean, you do not expect to have to do that as a moderator of a presidential debate, you know? So he did have a go. You can say, actually, that he was a bit slow, and he was. Like, even an hour went by before he pointed out to Trump well, your uh, campaign has actually signed off on the idea that you have two minutes uninterrupted on each side. So you have to stop interrupting him, you know. 
Um, at the same time, though, so that is, you know, legitimate criticism for old um, uh, Chris Wallace. But at the same time, it is an unenviable position. There was not really any um, fact-checking, and we all thought that Wallace would be doing that. He didn't really, but it was also very clear for people watching that he was, um, he, you know, it, he was making it clear that Trump was the one that was causing the problems, if you like, you know. Now, on the other side, Biden, uh, quite a lot of what he well, he did, he did three major things. The first thing he did is that he uh, uh, succeeded in being incredibly resilient, and for even though he called Trump uh, a liar, a clown twice, a racist, worst president in history, and will you shut up, man? Even though he did all that. In 90 minutes, he kind of kept his call. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen this and you're listening to this description before watching it, you must be thinking, what the fuck? And it is worse than I can say. I mean, it is an amazing uh, show. That's why I love the show. I love the show. I woke up, I set my alarm, right? And I literally got up and opened the, I literally opened the popcorn and sit there with my headphones watching the, you know, the feed come through on my laptop. The feed come through on my laptop. And um, anyway, so even though uh, Trump, uh, Biden did all of those things, he still managed to not slip into the trap, the big trap that Trump had um, laid for him. And um, this was, the, the whole point of the interruption is that Joe, Joe, Joe Biden I've got a fucking stutter. Joe Biden's got a stutter. I, I don't have a stutter. And I apologise to stutterers everywhere. Uh, but Joe Biden has a stutter. And um, the idea was that Trump was going to, um, you know, get him to stutter. And if you stutter, it's really difficult if you're interrupted to get back on track. So fucking hell. Like in the context of when you look back... And then have that in mind, yeah? And Biden did incredibly well. And the idea, therefore, is that if he starts to forget, if he starts to, not forget, but just kind of like get off course a little bit, if he starts to, you know, kind of trip up on his words, which I do all the fucking time, you know, and that most people do, like all the time, you know, and um, if he starts to, you know, I don't know, like say something which could be like a five second, six second little clip, then that would be the clip that they could pin this idea that he is somehow kind of mentally unfit to be president on. Uh, and Biden didn't give him that clip, which is which is great. So he succeeded there. He also succeeded in, you know, looking to the camera a plenty of times and the times, and it was very effective every single time. He didn't do it all the time, like, um, you know, some fucking Nick Clegg would, like every fucking second, you know what I mean? Oh, thank you, Alison. Well, thank you very much. That's a very good question, Alison. Then look at the fucking camera. You know, he didn't do it all the time. He didn't overplay it. But when he did it, it really felt like, oh, yeah, I mean, this guy is like, you know, slightly normal, you know, not absolutely batshit insane. Trump never looked at the camera at all. I know it's like a tried and tested, you know, it's a fucking cliche, you know what I mean? But in, when you're looking for, you know, some sense of 
um, you know, regular behavior, <laughs> then, then that kind of thing did matter, yeah? And the third thing that Biden succeeded in is defending himself and defending the attacks, like the constant attacks against him personally and against his family and doing it, you know, pretty strongly, you know? And it added to this sense of, you know, noise and slight chaos and, you know, obviously kind of argument, like a literal, you know, people talking to each other. But Biden didn't really raise his voice apart from once where he was talking about his son, Beau Biden, who I've spoken about in the past on the on the show. And um, that was the point where he kind of allowed himself to kind of, you know, let his emotions, you know, kind of like stamp his fucking authority on basically putting Trump back in his box. And um, and I think all of that was was good, like really good. You can't let a guy like Trump walk all over you. And, um, you know, on the other hand there, Trump was like, we, we know now that he has said things that have never been said by a president. It's just extraordinary. I, the, there's a small, a tiny number, really, like historically a tiny number of undecideds. There's going to be 40% of people that vote for Trump no matter what, like the 30% in the UK that vote for um uh, the, the conservatives no matter what trump has got 40 percent of the country it doesn't matter what the fuck he does right he's got them and then there's uh but 40 percent isn't 60 percent do you know what i mean you don't win with 40 percent so you need to get a couple of undecideds a couple of reluctant republicans to think well you know there is the you know supreme court nominee and you know i don't like him but maybe he maybe he is better than biden or whatever but this is a total turnoff for those people. David Axelrod on CNN. David Axelrod was, um, what's his name's uh, chief advisor, old Barack Obama's chief advisor. And Axelrod said, this is the day that uh, Trump ended his political career. He's totally unimpressed by, by it. And we'll see what happens, like the kind of first snapshot um, polls, which, uh, you know, you can't really go... Uh, much on like the first instant thing but the first polls do have it that you know in terms of winning and losing do have it that, that Biden won um, generally speaking uh, you know it's clip worthy and it is part of history and it's kind of incredible because it it tells you a lot about you know the kind of you know <laughs> The, the health, the mental health of the person that's the most the most powerful person on the planet, you know, but does it make a difference? Well, this isn't a tight election. We can't pretend it is a tight election. He's been, uh, Biden has been ahead nationally about seven points for quite a long time now. And he's opening up his leads in uh, the swing states. Like he's ahead by nine in Pennsylvania, for instance. Like, you know, Trump needs to win Pennsylvania. He's not going to win Pennsylvania if he's ahead by, if he's behind by nine, and then he does that fucking show. Do you know what I mean? That is not going to win the states that he needs to win. And this is, these the nine in Pennsylvania poll was after the, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. So it's after the possibility of, 
um, you know, the Republicans getting another um, justice on the bench, which was a thing that they thought, oh, well, that's good then. Like, you know, from a Republican point of view, all the Republicans will be like, you know, wanting to vote for Trump now because they'll get another justice. Well, maybe not, you know, maybe not. So it, it, politically it didn't work. It do, there is, does seem to be something kind of elemental and just raw about his display, you know, um, very, you know, petty and just like incredibly immature, you know, and everyone describing uh, or, or likening it to children there's a reason why children act like children it's because they don't have the fucking experience or the the uh like they haven't grown you know part of growing is part of you know chemical changes and working out through experience and through perception how to deal with things yeah that's no you so you can't fucking diss children by saying that trump is like a child trump isn't like a child Trump is like a 70, what is he, 75-year-old megalomaniac, uh, arrogant, egotistical, narcissistic psychopath who hasn't done a fucking day's work in his life. He was given a massive amount of money. He fucked it up. And he's part of, you know, a massive fucking tax fraud scheme sitting right on the top of it, knowing every single detail of the tax fraud, and I'm talking fraud, not fucking, you know, um, avoidance. His daughter is an employee of um, Trump Enterprises, or whatever the fuck it's called, the company. Uh, but also, she was paid as a consultant, like massive amounts of money, seven hundred thousand dollars as a consultant. Well, that doesn't work. That is money laundering, basically. That's making sure that you can uh, discount that on, so she can discount that on her taxes, and that means that the government isn't getting any taxes. So it's a criminal enterprise, and he's the, the top of the fucking criminal enterprise, okay? Every loser that voted for this fucker, they've had four years of getting their shit together. And unbelievably, unbelievably, 40% of the, of the American voting public are still gonna vote for this fucking joker. Like, it's absolutely incredible. Now, you know, I'm no fan of Britain, but I'm not talking about Britain now. I'm talking about the United States. So I've got, you know, listeners in the States, please just fucking realise that you are not looking good through this fucking unbelievable clown. It's a good, you know, uh, description for the guy being in charge. So it's amazing that he's got this far. It's really incredible He's got this far. There's lots of reasons for it. I think one of the main reasons is that people like him because he was on TV. Well, all of that fucking shit needs to, you know, just park all that bollocks and start taking it seriously. When he can't say to white supremacists, yeah, you've got nothing to do with me. Go fuck off, you fucking racist. How dare he? It's unbelievable. So, you know... The moderator at the start of the second uh, kind of debate topic, Chris Wallace, they had been talking about the Supreme Court and then it got onto other things. And he had to say, right, now we're going to talk about the coronavirus. So please take it seriously. 
I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just a weird and like massively unsettling uh, 95 minutes or whatever it was of television. Massively unsettling. And, you know, we have a chance, of course. You know, th there's a possibility that it will just be a blip. And, you know, 20 years from now, they'll think, God, do you remember when that fucking psychopath was in the in the um, White House for four years before he went to jail? Do you remember that? That was like, what the fuck was going on with the States then? And hopefully people will come out in their, you know, hundreds of billions and vote this fucker into, you know, into prison, basically, because he's, he's running out of places to hide, you know? You can't break tax law and get away with it. You know, I mean, everyone knows that. Old um, Al Capone himself knows that, you know? coronavirus in the UK, about a quarter of the people now in the UK are under um, tighter restrictions than the rest of us. And I mean, it's amazing. Like, I'm so lucky to be living in the Southwest, so lucky to be living in Devon, because really, there's not many parts of the whole of the United Kingdom that are as quiet as Devon is. Um, so that's, you know, I mean, it's just luck you know more than anything but that's really good uh, but my, you know my heart goes out to what well, I was saying last week the students obviously but also you know if you are there's like you know places where I have listeners that have been having um, you know these restrictions for quite a while now and even if you're a listener in a place where, where it's new it really does not help when Sausage Johnson can't even list you know, what the fucking restrictions are, you know? And then old Alok Sharma, the business secretary on the radio this morning, was describing... Like, so a reporter asked Sausage Johnson yesterday, um, what are the restrictions in the, in the North East? And he fucked it up. 
Like, it's unbelievable. He fucked it up. And for the first time in his fucking life, he had to apologise. He apologised on Twitter a couple of hours later. Um, that was probably, like, witty on the phone to him. Like, you know, oi, you fucked it. Get on Twitter. And um, anyway, Alok Sharma this morning was like, oh, yeah, that was a gotcha get question. It's not a gotcha question when you're asking the Prime Minister to explain restrictions that he himself has put in, you know? So, anyway, PMQs, we're not leading on PMQs, obviously, because of the um, Trump debacle. But, you know, it's quite robust. Quite, I mean, you know, one of those ones that doesn't really change anything, but quite robust. Um, I think uh, as a response to Sausage fucking up yesterday... Um, Witty Valance and Sausage Johnson did a coronavirus press briefing this afternoon. Um, nothing really came out of it apart from, you know, Witty did show slides showing now that deaths are, well, I mean, we all know deaths are going up and hospital admissions are going up. And, uh, you know, obviously the infection rate is going up as well. The cases are going up. But more importantly, the infection in the, uh, you know, overall community is going up. Uh, Over 220,000, according to the Zoe app in the UK, over 220,000 symptomatic people. Um, That's today. And it's going up roughly by 10,000 a day still. So it's not looking good. It's going in the wrong direction. There is a regional variation, but about... A quarter, so about 16 million people in the UK are under uh, tighter restrictions than the kind of, you know, rule of six and the 10pm curfew, which is the only other fucking, like, you know, most of us has just got that. And that's not enough. Like, everybody knows that's not enough, you know. And we are walking between the raindrops and we are, luckily, I do have an elegant solution. Well, my manager came up with an elegant solution Um, for me in terms of continuing to go to work but massively reducing the risk that I would be under um, which is really good and I'll go into that maybe in detail if that comes about but it's not there yet because luckily we are living in the southwest and it's amazingly quiet compared to lots of other places Uh, having said that it's you know I'm not looking at hospital admissions I'm not looking at rates of death I'm looking at Uh, how to do the impossible, basically, which is uh, safeguard myself from a thing that is undetectable in, you know, probably about 20% of people that have it are going to be asymptomatic. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So the, the, the level of vigilance that you need constantly... Um, is obviously, you know, not exactly calming. But I do think of a fucking fig, though, don't I? Yeah, four times a week. Um, right, anyway, so that's uh, that, that's that, a little bit of domestic. But of course, you know, this episode is dominated by... Um, dominated by, you know, the big story. And, you know, the, 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 I did leave that last section feeling a little kind of well, just fucking furious, basically. But there is hope there, you know. Um, Trump is behind, and he's behind by a lot in a lot of the swing states. Um, So, you know, let's just focus. We really don't have long to go now, about 30 days, something like that, 31, 32 days. 
So let's just focus on doing everything we can in order to get uh, Biden over the line. And all of the thing about, you know, the Green New Deal isn't my plan, the Biden plan is my plan. Fine, we can argue about that when he's in power. All right, so think of a daffodil. Beautiful flower, a daffodil. It's going to be a, about six months. When the daffodils come, wonder where we're going to be when the daffodils start appearing. Where are we going to be? Now, they are coming uh, earlier, aren't they, in the year? Yeah, February, even January. I hear, I hear on the news, on the kind of daffodil news, that last year they were popping up, or sorry, this year, they were popping up in January. Uh, that's weird, isn't it? Fucking mental. Yeah, climate change. The old um, climate change podcast. Right, anyway, listen, you take care of yourselves. Think of a daffodil. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Please do take care. Thank you ever so much for listening. It is wonderful that you are there. We are, um, you know, getting through this one day at a time. And, uh, you know, to keep your vigilance, keep doing all the basics, even if nobody else is. Like, you know, you are, you have more control about whether you get this thing than anyone else. And always remember that, like, no matter where you're living, no matter what your situation is, you have more control than anyone else in terms of whether you get it or not. Um, and I know that I, work, I you know, speak from an immensely privileged position in one respect, but of course, if I do get it, then it's fucking lights out, you know? So, um, yeah, take care of yourselves. And see you Friday.